Yo, it's Alex Terranova, and welcome to Flip the Lens, where Brie Holland, London Papa Michael, and myself smash down the walls of perfection, performance, and looking good to dive face first into deeply vulnerable and personal conversations where we expose and explore what it means to be authentic and how to succeed in a world desperate for a facade. What's up? Welcome back to Flip the Lens. Brie, London. What's going on, guys? Good morning. Hey, good morning. So I want to check, I want to, we're, we're going to use this, this, what's going on to, to create this episode, but I just want to check in, you know, uh, for all of you that are listening, if you are a regular listener, um, you might know that Bree lives in Iowa in Grand Rapids, right? Um, Cedar Rapids. Cedar Rapids, sorry. There's no rapids here. <laughs> there's no rapids. It's just, it's just a fun name. Um, it's like Magic Mountain isn't, there's no magic on the mountain. Right. I don't even think Magic Mountain is on a mountain. It's just, um, uh, so, but you live in a spot that just encountered a really bad natural disaster that has yeah. impacted. And I only even know that it's really bad, not just because of you, but my actual um, one of my good friends here in San Diego, her family's from there as well, and she's been sharing a lot of things, and it's not really in the media very much. But we want to we talk about this today, like how we deal with things like this, but we, I also just want to kind of check in with you, and uh, Bree, will you just share like what, you know, what happened? Like give us kind of like the news of like what was the first thing that happened that you like knew something was happening, and then like how did it play out? Yeah, so Monday, last Monday, the 10th, I believe it was, um, we live, for those that don't know, I was in the middle of the whole <laughs> country. Like, we are a landlocked state. There's not a whole lot of water, not a whole lot of disasters. We've never really lived through a national disaster. Um, and I was picking up my kids at the mall. So, like, a giant mall parking lot. I'm out in this parking lot with my mom, and there was no warning. We're used to cornfields, like, windstorms, rainstorms, storm warnings all the time. It's nothing that we bat an eye at. Um, so seeing that there was rain or seeing that there was a storm warning didn't really trigger anything. Um, and within like seconds of me trying to put the kids in the car, the, the wind was picked up, there was sand blowing, we were running inside. And that's when like we lost Wi-Fi, we lost all connection, couldn't call anybody. Um, no one really knew what was happening besides it was a horrible storm. Um, and within like 24 hours learning that, I mean, semis had blown over. It's, it's categorized as a number two, I think, uh, stage two hurricane. They're calling it a derecho is what we experienced. So basically winds up to 135 miles an hour spreading for hundreds of miles, like billions of dollars of crops, millions and billions of dollars of homes destroyed. People are on day, I think 11, 12 without power living in tents, it's 90 degrees, 100 degrees here. Um, we as a family are blessed that our home is fine. My mom's car was smashed when we went to leave the mall um, to try to get home. My car, our car windows were smashed in. So um, we went to live in a hotel. So there's just families in crisis and it's kind of surreal to see it in your, in your backyard. I think I've, I've heard of disaster, I've seen disaster, no one is really unaware of what a hurricane is, but when you live in a state that's just not really connected with it personally, um, when you're hit with it and it's just every single neighbor, every single, you know, friend has damage, has, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of damage and has nowhere to go. Um, it's been really eye-opening. So 
thankfully we're safe. Um, but there's a lot to be done. <laughs> I'm like, what was the, you kind of just described it. I'm curious, like what it actually felt like, like, you know, I, the only that, I don't know about you London, but the only, I was in New York city for hurricane Sandy, but where I was in New York city was like on the top of a, a, a hill basically. So like where I was, there was no flooding. Everything was fine. It was almost as if I could see what was happening in the rest of the city and it was bad, but like, I was like very safe and very okay. And the only other natural disaster I've ever dealt with was I think when the earthquake happened in Los Angeles in 1996. And I was like a little, I was, it wasn't 1996, it was like 92 or something. I was like a little kid, I don't know how old I was. But uh, whenever that was, that 6.6 .6 earthquake, that was pretty. But again, that was like for a moment, there's an earthquake and like our house wasn't destroyed. You know, my friend's houses weren't destroyed. I didn't know anybody in tents or anybody who lost anything major. So it didn't, it was scary for a moment, but it wasn't ongoing. What, would, what was it actually like to experience it? Like, what were the feelings like? Honestly, if I had known it was a hurricane or known it was going to be a national disaster, I think I might have panicked more. <laughs> I think I was more worried about like, how am I going to get home? How long is it going to rain? Like, didn't really understand the severity of it until after the fact. Um, so I think that almost helped me <laughs> cope through the actual process of it happening. It was kind of like, oh, it's storming. We should run inside. Um, and I think for a lot of people, that was the case. It, it took so... It, happened within minutes and so the fact that nobody was really prepared if you live in a state where hurricanes tornadoes happen a lot you know you're you're warned you get this notice of hey this is heading our way or you know batten down the hatches and i think so many people were just so taken aback and it was so sudden that nobody really knew how to respond besides like panic mode if you're in your car i know a friend personally who was stuck in her car like with the winds like blowing in her windows and she was like stuck huddled down so I think a lot of people were in panic mode for me I think it was personally like get the kids inside I didn't really know the severity until the aftermath and driving back home and just seeing tree after tree you know falling on house after house and you just can't help but feel devastation and feel helpless as to how the heck are we gonna fix it? I mean I'm one person I'm pregnant I have kids not even worried for myself, but just more like, how is our city? It's not just, we had a flood in 2008 where it flooded downtown. Like this is every single family being affected with power and Wi-Fi, and, you know, babies needing formula. It, we all talk about um, like what's going on in the world right now with the toilet paper shortage, like stores were shut down. You couldn't buy anything. Everything's gone. Everything's destroyed. What, what do you do? And so I think for me, it was like, First of all, like pray, try to like rationalize how are we going to make sure the kids are okay. And then next with my social media platform, like how can I do anything to help? I mean, that's something to be said for all of Iowa. I feel like we all do a really good job in Iowa of just standing together and cleaning up the mess. We aren't used to having disaster like this. And so for everybody to say, well, if it's not on the news, which was, it's been a huge thing. We haven't been on national news. We haven't gotten the attention of media um, platforms because of what's going on in the world with other topics. We haven't been, I, if friends have told me if I didn't post about it, they would have no idea. Um, and so I think that's a big thing is that nobody's drawing attention to it. And so there are thousands of people that need help that we can't, we can all move trees and we can all move brush and all that, but we need more help. 
And I think that's the biggest thing is just feeling stuck in, I can only buy backpacks and diapers and formula for so many people that we really need other sources to chip in. And that's a terrifying thought that families are still going without anything, questioning if that's going to happen. So London, I don't know. Have you ever experienced anything like this? Have you ever, you know, you lived in Florida and there's a lot of things like hurricanes happen in Florida on a pretty regular basis. Have you ever had to deal with anything like this in your life? I only lived in uh, Florida for seven months, but yeah, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina gets a hurricane at least twice a year. We've had to be evacuated, mandatory evacuation. You know, there was flooding. Um, I never personally like had a damaged car or damaged home, but I've definitely dealt with dealing with that kind of bullshit for sure. Um, but I think also, you know, I, I I deal with that every day living in L.A. You see this dystopian, you know, thing of Mad Max of the homeless and stuff like that, you know, right around the corner of a place where there's a, you know, a million dollar, billion dollar celebrity, you know. So it puts stuff in perspective for me very easily. But it's always frustrating when, you know, something's out of your control and you want to just protect your family. You don't know what to do, you know, and then you see other people suffering. You know, it's a strange time. And uh, I just, I think people need to realize life doesn't stop and, you know, good things don't always happen to good people and bad things don't always happen to bad people. I don't know why certain things happen and these horrible things we deal with in all facets of life. Um, you just need to be able to, I don't know if accept is the right word, but you have to adapt and you have to figure out what you're going to do, you know, and don't be afraid to uh, ask for help and uh, reach out to whoever you can and post it on social media. Um, you'd be surprised how many people actually don't pay attention on social media too. So don't just get discouraged to repeat stuff. You know, I still have people that don't realize a lot of stuff about me and I post it every day and I talk about it and, uh, but it's cool. It allows me to, you know, remind me that I keep, you need to keep preaching because people don't know so many important things and some things that don't even matter. But, um, you know, I'm just, you know, I had a guy uh, bitch in my ear this morning, you know, about Uber and Lyft. They might get shut down. That's how I get around. I don't drive, you know, like life doesn't stop. Now I got to figure out if I'm going to get a car or do I get a motorcycle? Do I see if a friend will let me rent their car? Like, how am I going to do this? You know, just life doesn't fucking stop, man. And, you know, you have a choice to, you know, continue to respond. And uh, sometimes you don't respond right away. Take your time to grieve and be sad or be mad. And uh, yeah, you know, 2020 is not over, but I just, I uh, don't give up folks, you know, don't, uh, you're really going to let life win. You're going to choose to continue to get beat down or, you know, rise above. And uh, I, I just refuse to uh, live in fear and give up. And uh, uh, people out there that are in Bree's area, I hate it for you. I'm glad you're okay, Bree. Um, but uh, yeah, life doesn't stop, does it? <laughs> you know, it really doesn't. I'm glad you brought that up because I think there are people that need time to grieve. And I think everybody responds to things differently. Of course, it's you know, very easy for me to say because my car is unharmed, my house is intact, we got power back. It's really easy for me to sit here and be like, life moves on. And I think there is that balance that I have fought this week of, I got to keep living, I got to keep working. I see, I mean, social media can be an awesome resource and it can really tear you down fast, especially I'm in this group for storm pickup and all that. And you have, you know, half the people bitching and complaining and you have half the people supporting the linemen and wanting to help. And you can't help but feel that everybody's entitled to their opinion. Everybody's entitled to whine and bitch a little bit. But also, I mean, London, you mentioned, you know, there's homeless people right outside your door, right outside, you know, life has to happen and life goes on. And 
and you're building a business, you can't stop every time you see destruction or see something sad or something, you know, where somebody has taken life choices, whether it's happened to them or, you know, whether they're a bad person. I think for me that that's been this week of how much do I, I'm not feeling good. I'm sick. We just got back, you know, we're dealing with cleanup. How much can I put in without sacrificing my health, my sanity, and not let social media beat me up because I'm not doing enough or, you know, that one comment that's like, oh, like, I don't see you out cleaning brush and debris. It's like, I'm pregnant. I'm already sick. I'm not going to do anybody any good if I'm headed to the hospital, you know, hurting myself. Um, that it, life does go on. I mean, 2020 has been a bitch. <laughs> like, but I told Aaron last night, I'm like, honestly, so many people are saying 2020 can go suck a dick. Like they can, you know, this year needs to end. And I have a really hard time saying that because with all of the disaster with, I mean, who knew landlocked state would live through a hurricane. I don't want this year to be over. I, it's our fourth child is being born this year and we got engaged and we have a new business. There's a lot of things. And I think we've talked about this on episodes before of there is a lot of good. We have to look for it. We've had to dig. I have struggled, but there has been so much good. I don't want to just say screw this year because there's so much that's happened that we've chosen that's within our control. I couldn't control throwing all our food away. I couldn't control all our beautiful trees being ripped out of their roots and destroying homes. I can't control that, but I can control looking and saying, I mean, we made a business decision that has blessed our life and can bless other people's lives. And I can only support those that want to see that and utilize that. Um, again, the baby, like we're having our fourth child in 90 days and that's kind of surreal. <laughs> like when did that happen in this year? But I'm excited about it. Whether COVID kind of changes what that looks like with welcoming a fourth child into this world, like it is something to be excited about and that we're really thrilled about. So just to know that like your life doesn't stop. And while things happen to us, good people and bad people, I don't look at it as, wow, what did I do to deserve this? You know, sometimes you're just a product of circumstance and it wasn't anything you did or deserve. And to other people, you can say they deserved it. But I mean, it's our life. We get to choose to respond to these things that didn't happen to us. They happened around us. We can choose to still show up. And I'm glad you brought that up because People don't like that positive outlook all the time. They want a bitch. They want to whine to use as an excuse or reason why they're at where they're at. Yeah, great. Uh, something I watched recently that put a lot of stuff in perspective for me, or reiterated at least, was uh, Zach Efron's new show on Netflix. Don't know anything about the guy. His movies haven't really been my forte, but uh, definitely had a good career and great young talent, but uh, he's going around the world with another kind of uh, dude that's in the superfood fitness world. And they're uh, looking at energy, water, nutrition and stuff. And uh, it's just crazy what goes on. You know how, like, I think Paris or France, they have like a water system to where it's free and it's like the cleanest water. And it's like the homeless people have good drinking water. So do you when you travel, the people that live there. And it's just this little stuff that adds up to where we could all, you know, do a better job to make things a lot better for us moving forward. And we all have a personal responsibility to do a little bit better in the world because the world's kind of falling apart. And it's, I'm not saying I'm like my new world order is to try to like global warming and all this, but there's some serious stuff going on. And I'm very conscious about it now of how much water I use or, you know, do I drop just one piece of paper in the toilet and flush the toilet? Like why waste that? You know, the stuff that I buy from plastic that I throw away and how I maybe, um, 
you know, all that stuff, it just really puts stuff in perspective and life's not so bad being in LA, just dealing with a pandemic of not being able to um, have as many clients as I would like and be able to work out. I'm not living in Puerto Rico and every other day, every other year it gets torn up with a tornado or a hurricane or whatever. So if you're struggling out there, watch that, you'll feel a little bit better. And it also will inspire you to be like, you know what, I need to like put a little more effort into figuring out who I, you know, uh, vote for what I, what maybe we all need to pick something that we give a shit about. And when it comes to the world, making it a better place, whether you're trying to help the homeless, uh, when it comes to energy, when it comes to water, uh, nutrition, uh, we all kind of owe it to the future, your kids, your grandkids in the future to, uh, you know, continue to find ways to, uh, make life better because we have a lot of control of what's going on and we've done a shitty job. I want to, uh, tell you guys a, uh, I don't know if it's a, it's like a fable, but it's a story. I want to tell it in a second, but it's basically, we always think that we know what's good or bad. Oh, a hurricane came. That's bad. We lost our job. That's bad. We're having a baby. That's good. Right? Like we always have these things and we have these opinions and judgments. And there's a lot of people that teach, Hey, you don't actually know what's going to happen next. You know, you don't know how the dominoes are going to fall in your life. And so it's hard to judge what's good or bad. So there's this fable that I recently heard that I, that I think puts it into perspective. And right, it's a fable. So it's not real. It's not a true story. It's just to give people an idea of like how this works, which is, you know, this guy lives in a little town and um, he finds a horse, like this beautiful stallion one day. And all the people in the community come by and they're like, oh my God, how lucky are you? You found this beautiful stallion. That's so great. Blah, blah, blah. You know, they're all applauding him. And he goes, I don't really know what's good or bad. And they're like, what? You just got this like free, beautiful horse. That's crazy. All right, whatever. And they leave. And the next week, the son's riding the horse and gets bucked off and breaks his leg. And all the people from the town come by and they're like, oh my God, we're so sorry. This is so horrible. You know, your son got bucked off. He broke his leg. Who's going to help you on the farm now? And the father goes, you know, I really just don't know what's good or bad. And the next week, um, a lot of stuff obviously happens in this town really fast. But uh, the next week, a, uh, a young woman comes by the, the farm. And because the son isn't out working because he has a broken leg, he's there and he meets her and they fall in love. And the, a relationship blooms because she happened to be the, he happened to be there when she came by and said about working it. People come by for the wedding and they're like, oh my God, you know, this is so great. You've got a new daughter-in-law and your son is going to help you produce, you know, more children, you know, all these things. And He's like, you know, I don't really know what's good or bad. And people are like, what is the deal with this dude? Like, this is a great thing. And, you know, and some, a little more time passes and all of a sudden the horse runs away. And it's their only horse now. And now it makes working on the farm difficult. And same thing, people come, how horrible is this? You know, they, they all they call commiserate. And the father goes, you know, I just don't know what's good or bad. How do we know? And some time goes by and the horse returns and it brings back with him five mares. So five beautiful, strong female horses with it. And now they have six horses and their stallion can impregnate the, mar impregnate the mares and they can have even more horses or sell them or whatever. And again, the people come by and tell them how great it is. And this is so wonderful. And the father says, you know, I just don't know what good or bad is. And um, we could continue this story, right? With everything, things good or bad. But the thing is, none of the things that happened that were good or bad were possible without the thing that happened before it, right? The bad thing that happened provided space for the good thing. And the good thing that happened provided space for the bad thing. And 
the the lesson i love this story and i'm i'm telling it paraphrase so if you read it somewhere else you're like it's not right it's i don't have it by memory um is the idea that we get to look like we get to look for the perspective on what good or bad is and it's simply a choice so we can either label it and then now we're like this is bad and now we feel bad and we react like it's bad or we i love that attitude of like i don't know I don't know what's going to happen next. So let's like roll with it and let's do our best in the situation. Um, and we'll see what happens. Cause that's really all we know. My, um, to kind of go back to you, Brie, about what's going on in Iowa, my really good friend here in San Diego. So she's from there and she, her sister, her mom, they're all telling her and they're like, dude, it's a war zone. It is like you, you, they're basically describing it like it's this war zone where people are living in tents and don't have food and stores are closed. And in a very short time, people are not going to have things they need to survive and no one's really doing anything. And she was kind of like, didn't know what to do. Well, it was pretty funny. So she goes online and she starts tweeting and like Instagramming, I guess, Ashton Kusher. I, don't, I can never pronounce his name, but you guys know who I'm talking about. And uh, they're t she's tweeting him. He's from there, I guess. Like, I guess he grew up there. And she's tweeting, uh, uh, like sending tweets to him about like, hey, you need to say something, you need to, and the idea, I think it's important, it's not important that I was in the media for being in the media, but if you're not in the media, people don't know. If we don't know there's a natural disaster, we can't help, we can't donate, we can't see what people need. And that night, he tweeted hey. and started posting, um, started posting content about what was going on there. And was calling out like, you know, the president and the vice president and, and other leaders, not to say like, hey, not to judge them, but to be like, hey, we need help. You need to get involved. And who knows if he did it because, you know, he got her, her responses. But I loved her in her like ingenious idea of like, hey, I can't do anything. I'm here in San Diego. What can I do? Oh, my God, I'm going to find a celebrity who is from there who will understand and want to help. And I think there's. I love the creativity and there's so many things you can do and there's so many ways that you can take action and we don't have to sit around feeling sorry or bad. It's like, what can you do? Take an action that gets you excited that maybe moves something or maybe doesn't. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the lens you choose to look at it. Cause a lot of people could turn that into a negative and be like, ah, this fucking guy is just trying to get in the news and all celebrity, this, whatever it takes, get every douchebag celebrity to post it on their Instagram. If that helps everybody. Right. But, you know, it's like you could choose to look at stuff in a positive way or not, you know, and more than ever, you need to really, you know, find the bright side and stuff and learn to master your emotions and, but also understand it's a very strange time and it's weird for everybody, but you need to continue to do stuff that's good for you because most likely we're waking up tomorrow and, you know, damn it, we deserve to fucking be happy and enjoy it. And you can, you can, you can. If you can just master that and continually work at it and, you know, get those people out of your lives or those situations or those things you watch or some things you used to believe in and challenge it and be like, you know what, that was cool for a while, but now that I'm, and be allowed, I think I've seen a lot of stuff like, I'm a different person than I was a month ago. Like, allow me that, give me that permission, man. Like, I'm changing. I know I'm only, you know, I'm 43 years old, but I have a new perspective in life. Be happy for that person, man. 
Okay, they're starting to post motivational shit. You don't like it, then block them. Unfollow them. Good for them to try to be happy and put some good stuff in the world. Or you could be negative and bitch there. Oh, God. Look who's a motivational speaker now. Look at Sandy on her soapbox. You know? And if you're around people like that, you start hearing that, call them out or distance yourself from it. But there's a ton of that stuff going on. And you have the, you choose what you look at. You choose who you speak to, what's um, in front of you, you know? And shame on you if you're not doing anything about it. Yeah, I know for, for us this week, we've had to really just dissect what can we do. I mean, you know, the thousands that I can donate to diapers and wipes and all that seems like a drop in the bucket of what our city and, you know, state needs right now. But I'm only one person. And I, I was telling Aaron, all you can do is focus on the one person at a time. If you want to make an impact, it's not how can I feed all the homeless in the United States and this end trafficking, you know, child, it's not about saving every child. It's, you know, every community I've seen raise awareness about child trafficking. It's, it's about saving one child at a time. And same with this disaster. It's not about me saving and helping everybody. It's about what mom can I bring diapers to because they're in need? What, you know, family can I donate backpacks to because all their new school supplies and school, like you guys said, life moves on. Like school is still starting next week. And a lot of these kids don't have school supplies now. And so focusing on that one thing and not because it makes me feel good and pat on the back, but if that's what you need to feel good, great. Like give yourself that pat on the back that you helped and impacted one person that you were able to give that one backpack or that mom a box of diapers or donate those toys that you were going to, you know, take to goodwill to a family that has nothing. I think it's about your impact on one person at a time and where you feel called to give, give, and where you feel called to pull back, pull back. And I don't think there's any measure of right or wrong in that. Like London said, it's, it's for every person to look at and say, am I doing this? I'm not doing it for fame. And if somebody else is doing it for a pat on the back, then that's fine. You know, Ashton Kutcher's from here. I've seen him multiple times and him and Mila shop at the Target down the street from us. Like, it's not like a big thing and I don't get starstruck, but whether he tweeted for fame because his family lives here, his family has farmland. They lost millions of dollars in crops. I, they're human, right? They've experienced the same storm just like we did. And if he can use his poll on social media and, and get the you know, president's attention and news and media, then so be it. If it's a cry for more attention for him, fine. I don't think he's that kind of guy, but whatever. If that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. And I think every person can take a step back and say, that's out of my control. Whether he's doing it for that or not, or whether I'm giving diapers to be able to give a shout out and take a photo op, that's not within other people's control. What I know is my heart. And I know that if I can donate diapers, if I can by, you know, London, if you're walking down the street and feel called to give a granola bar to a homeless person, like it's that one action. And I think we can all do a better job. Like you said, there are things in this world that are happening that if we all, instead of saying, I can't, I can't change that. If you can start in your own backyard and say, it's one person, it's one action, it's one decision, it's one mindset step of what can I do? If I can't feed everybody, if I can't take care of this whole issue, what can I do? I think national disaster or not, there are a lot of things in our world that need attention. You know, one purchase at a time, one more decision on whether you're going to buy plastic water bottles or recyclable glass bottles. I think there's just little decisions that every person can make that we just aren't aware of. We've become a community and a, 
I just think like globally, it's just, we cover our eyes to all these things that like we are impacting as a nation, we are impacting so much of that stuff. So, you know, what one step can you take today, tomorrow in buying a meal for one homeless guy that makes all the difference to them, right? That doesn't have to be an everyday thing, but if we're all more aware, I think the world would become a better place. Is there anywhere people can go to uh, help out what's going on in your area? There's a lot of resources. Um, my Instagram, personally, I have a donation set up and it's going 100% of proceeds are going to supporting um, parents with young children. Um, so Blushing Confidence, I have my Venmo up. It's as easy as Venmoing, but if you look up Derecho, D-E-R-E-C-H-O, um, in Iowa, there's lots of ways you can donate and support. I mean, there's many Venmos, many places to support. Um, but the money that I'm personally getting is school supplies, stuff for kids that are in need. I mean, there's just a lot of need. So if you look up Iowa, <laughs> there there will be a resource. But yeah, thanks for thanks for uh, throwing that out there, London. Um, yeah. Bree, thanks for being here like today and doing this. Like you're in the midst of it. Like it, it's not. It's only been like a week and a half or so since all this has gone down, um, and it's still pretty chaotic. So thanks for making the time. I know you and your family have been like bouncing around from like where to stay and what to do. Um, so thank you and thanks for doing what you're doing to um, to like try to make things better, even if it's just like one kid or one person at a time. And I think thanks for being an example too, right? Like you're dealing, you, you, you're, it's like, it might, whatever's going on for you and your family, like keeping your head up, as London said, it's like, you got to, you get to choose the attitude you bring. Thanks for talking about it here. Um, London, thanks for, uh, thanks for being here, man. Um, and yeah, uh, thanks for listening. And if you want to donate, we'll put, uh, we'll put all the links in to the, to the show notes so people can donate or participate in, in supporting Iowa. Uh, thanks for listening. Share this episode with a friend. And we will see you guys next time. See you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening. It's not easy to create these episodes, but we know it's important. We need more real, open, and honest conversations because we know that whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, you're not alone. A life pretending isn't worth living. So please share this podcast with a friend. And thanks for listening.